Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Solo Phoebe Lay Lalo Woofum Dag Dag Bruiser Holden McNeely <laughs> Sibyl Dabble Yip Yip Yaboo Woohoo Snusna Jake <laughs> <laughs> And he's a wizard and we have a special guest to talk about this episode The Sims uh long time coming uh the uh, best selling PC franchise of all time I believe uh welcome hi Emma Nicole Dag Dag thank you so much for joining us hi nicole has this incredible uh tiktok series on the sims an amazing twitch stream twitch.tv forward slash hi nicole am i correct yeah and uh so we're i feel so lucky to have you because you know we are two dude bros sitting in our you know i'm don't forget middle-aged yeah (laughs) (laughs) and hey even even worse for me i uh i like i'm just the type of gamer i am i play tons of video games but i've never and i've always been jealous of the people who love like animal crossing or minecraft or the sims because like i'm just not i think it's just like a weird, like I go to games to be like taken on a journey and, right. and to like, whereas like coming to something and creating something out of scratch, like it's in such a, game, a different approach. It's so completely different. And that's what I love about video games. Like there's just so many different ways like you can play a video game. Like, you know, yeah. we can all, I mean, the fact that like our, both our Twitch streams, uh, we're both partners on Twitch exist at the same time in the same space. Because we're just so, mm-hmm. what we do is so different. But your Twitch stream, I was just watching it before we started. Yeah. Super Aww. fun. Vi- I got so sucked in and it was totally exactly, <laughs> I feel like, what it's for. You were on screen too. I was finishing up my Sims research. I was just like in such a good Perfect. mood because of it. While you were uh, creating, uh, you're, right now you're doing all the Disney princesses. Yeah, we are. And so you were doing Jasmine and yeah. all of her looks. And it was such a chill vibe and just like a great way to spend a Thursday uh, afternoon. I'm so glad. Well, you Hell know yeah. what? Ten-year-old me is still dying at the fact that you just called me a Sims expert. So I just like, <laughs> <laughs> I just you're a pro Sims. I can't. Bro. Yeah. No, I can't believe that. I can't believe that. What's insane to me is that uh, while there's tons of niches and uh, different like genres that are all kind of based on pursuing the win state. You can do a first-person shooter. You can do a fighting game. Mm-hmm. You can do a platformer you can do all these things that basically boil down to hit input kill thing move (laughs) forward and 
that's not the only kind of play there is. Mm -hmm. uh, any child can tell you that. It's not always about racking up points. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, you can play with a dollhouse. You can do dress up. You can do make believe. You can do all of these things that also count as play. Mm -hmm. And The Sims, uh, up until recently, was kind of the only toy box in the digital world that let you do that. Kind of in, you know, sucking up an entire swath of the human experience. And even within uh, Sims content creators, there's people that are more about uh, the design aspects and the mm -hmm. architecture. There's yeah. people that are more into the fashion. There's people that just create the characters and just narrate and let uh, a story emerge from all these little people going about their business. It's it's an insane wealth of experiences all contained within this one franchise that I just yeah. find overwhelming. Which for and for you, Emma, I feel like you have both a knack for fashion and for interior design and like Thanks. connecting those two things yeah. is really cool to watch and, and bring it to a character as well, which is kind of what I felt like I was I was seeing with your content, which is essentially like I love like, all right, we're gonna build Jasmine, we're gonna make all these like different looks for her and stuff like that, but then we're gonna apply it to yes. what does that personality mean in a uh, in a house? Like what is how do we show that, you know? Yeah, I feel like, as you said, The Sims is so multifaceted. You can come at it from so many different angles. And I think you just nailed that, that basically my approach to Sims, which is all through storytelling and character creation, which, yeah, there's not really that many games that allow you to go into as much detail as The Sims does. So uh -huh. you can really make a character so 360, personality traits, um, aspirations, goals in life. And then obviously you have their physical appearance and then their fashion. And then that's just the character creation. And then from that, you have the storytelling and the building. Um, so I think it's unique in that way that there's not many games that allow you to go into as much detail as The Sims does. Well, all let's get into detail, it. What, what all that, say? I'm just saying all that, like all that detail, all that creativity, all of that insane uh, freedom but also, you have to watch that character then go to the bathroom every yeah. three goddamn <laughs> yes. minutes. So and, true. And I, I'm just trying to get my, <laughs> yes. my woohoo on, and, and now my, my bladder's about to explode. So true. And it's now my guy's coaster. angry for some and reason. He wants to go in a jog. I don't want you to go on a jog. I just, yeah. just keep talking to that person. Why are you walking away? I don't want you to walk away. <laughs> yeah, and then they somehow find themselves in a pool with no ladder. So you're really, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> downhill. Yeah, there. Oh, I, I, I know how, how they weird. got in the pool with no ladder. <laughs> Don't you look at me. sick freaks. Don't look at me. <laughs> I love how weird it can get and, and all the Easter eggs and just bizarre things yeah. you can do once you kind of get more into the meta of it. Well, I was going to say, let's get into it. The uh, what we usually call the gush up top and that is uh, uh, essentially where we talk about like our personal connection to uh, whatever thing we're covering for me it's so little I I, I cannot wait I, I got the Sims 4 for this and um, my wife like like so essentially what happens is when mm -hmm. I start a new game like even with Elden Ring uh, uh, most recently I'm like all hype for it I start the game I go into the 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 beginning opening title, and then I immediately hand the controller to my wife who builds the character because that's wow. like she loves it. And then I'll like literally walk away for like a half an hour and then come <laughs> out and uh, start my gameplay. So she is thrilled that I got picked this up on the <laughs> yeah. PC. It is going to be uh, using the hell out of it, I think, uh, and even 
maybe on some streams. But besides that, I don't have a big connection specifically to The Sims or SimCity. And I'm just literally excited to watch my wife really get into it because it's like, hey, remember that one element from every game I play? This is like a whole game of that. So she's going to be super into it. And Jake, do you have a personal history besides uh, Puppet Jared's bizarre, <laughs> I just want to say, you I, know, I think, irreverent I mean, stream that you did the other day? People say that it was fairly normal, all things considered, which is the most disturbing thing of all, uh, given Sims gameplay. But uh, I definitely had the original 2000 release on like my family computer in, oh, cool. uh, back in the day. It was my little sister who played it the most. Um, she actually, I talked to her uh, the other day. Hey, Becky, I hope you're listening. <laughs> and, you know, uh, one of her best friends is currently an architect, like a professional architect. And she remembers hanging out with her in our family rec room while watching her friend just build these elaborate houses and just like being in awe of how much creativity and how much freedom you had to build these spaces. Mm. My little sister personally told me that she pretty much just uh, killed her Sims in various uh, cruel ways and watched <laughs> them suffer. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, hey, I played a Each lot of violent video games back then yeah. as well. So I know. I wish The Sims was lumped into uh, <laughs> yeah. the violent video game discussion. Yes. I feel like it's way more dark than uh, so many of them. You get a headshot in Quake and like they just fall to the ground. In The Sims, they like <laughs> so really bang. true. Bend. It's so yeah. much more graphic. <laughs> uh, so, Emma, what about you? When did you get into uh, become a, a Sim uh, addict? Uh, when, did, when did the morphine drip <gasps> of simming begin to th flow through your veins you know uh, what in it, your life it was back in the beginning the original sims one um and it was on my i didn't have it myself but it was on my friend's computer and we would just come home from school play it up until my parents picked me up <laughs> and uh just got absolutely addicted with the level of customization. And even back then I was playing with Barbie. Mm -hmm. So I was familiar with the idea of like character creation and fashion. And then the, the, honestly, like the mundane day to day, happy families type storylines. Um, and it just, the Sims and the, the ability to do it digitally, it just unlocks so much more potential than playing it with your Barbies. The, just the level of customization that even The Sims 1 had was unlike anything I could do, you know, with my, with my dolls. Um, and then I think The Sims 2 was the first one that I got myself and just have never looked back since, to be honest. It's always been a part of my life, which is pretty crazy that I'm able to do this now. So super grateful. Yeah. When did you get into like the Sims content creation game? So I, I have actually just hit one year on Twitch two weeks wow. ago or three weeks ago. And so just went partner. Congratulations. Thank you. So yeah, it's, it's just over a year. Um, and uh, it was kind of a, a little bit of a weird transition from my previous job. I, um, I was ready to do something else and I was always in, into content creation and I was, I still am obsessed with YouTube. Um, and Twitch was kind of something that people spoke about and a lot of my friends watch Twitch and, uh, I feel like it's, it's, it's a whole, it's not something that you really hear about much. The idea of live streaming until you first go on Twitch and you realize there's this whole world there. Yeah. And totally. such a huge community and so many different niches. And 
I mean, it's more than just games now. And it's, it's, it was just fascinating. And honestly, since my first stream in February, I've just, I actually have always had the Twitch tab open on my computer for about over a year. I'm just, it's just complete addiction. Totally. We actually recently did an episode on Twitch and the history of that. I mean, I feel the same way. I was at this like dead end office job and all of my kind of, we did a lot of comedy in New York City. So that was, but that was kind of hitting a point of like just a brick wall a little bit for Mm -hmm. a little while. And so Twitch like kind of saved me in a huge way. Like I... It gave me an outlet that and obviously and this podcast, of course, as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah I mean, exactly the same. It's, it's cool. And then but then also you connected it to the TikTok. That's the thing I'm missing. The uh, TikTok game. Yeah. So but you also have like a super. Yeah. Shout out to all four hundred fifty three thousand of uh, <laughs> Emma's followers. I know you're all oh, listening. So. Please give more other episodes a try. OK, we've got really good stuff. All right. It's it's, it's solid. OK, and, and, and my Twitch stream is, is a bit different, but we have a lot of fun. We've been recording be like, for like 10 minutes already. Humor. Hold in. They're already they checked they're out. Yeah, they're in already. All good. <laughs> you know what? I feel like Twitch and TikTok have, have a good relationship that um, I when I first started Twitch, the growth was very slow and I was, uh, figuring out, you know, ways to boost. And, um, it was all, you know, it was all about converting people to the Twitch platform because as, yeah. a, as a platform itself, it's, I mean, the discoverability is not great and it's much smaller totally. audience than others. So TikTok was my first, um, my first, uh, well, my second social media after Twitch. And, um, I started this series. It was honestly, probably my third or fourth video, um, called things you might not know about the Sims. And, um, it was, I mean, it was about things now like, uh, uh, hidden worlds in the Sims or, um, maybe different cheat codes that you might not know about. It was a mixture of gameplay tips and build tips. And, um, it was just sharing my knowledge of the Sims, uh, through the years and uh, I was super lucky to have uh, a video get picked up. Um, and I found that to be a huge boost in converting people over to Twitch. So I literally saw people in your chat be like, hey, first time watching, found you on TikTok. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, in the one like hour or so that I watched. So yeah, that's it's and that's I feel like that's the advice to try to get. This is like not Sims related, but we'll get into it. <laughs> but I feel like that is a big part of like if you want to stream on Twitch, mm. also maybe have a podcast and have, yes, a TikTok account and have a like it's sort of like you got to be doing all these things. I only got uh, visibility on Twitch from like this really dirty comedy podcast I was doing in <laughs> Brooklyn and people like we're like, oh, I want to see that guy, you know. Uh, so yeah, the cross kind of promotion sort yes. of crazy thing is like it's so important. But um, but that's awesome. Um, I, I mean, found your tip about what to do with those awkward one square spaces that just appear <gasps> in your houses. Yes, very helpful because I'm so bad at architecture that my home in The Sims is like sixty percent useless one no. square alcoves. No. It's like a bed and then alcoves everywhere. I oh, don't know I how it happened. I would love to get my hands on it. I can fix it right up for you. Holden watched. You know how bad it was. Oh, God. It's got awful what he was doing. I don't even think he was playing The Sims. I think it was just some bizarre. Here's you know. the idea, Holden. Uh, open concept bathroom. There you go. Hear me out. Go. Yeah. <laughs> that was what it was. Yeah, he had an open concept bathroom. He had this giant kitchen. It was half the house. 
very no modern. Ba- like barely a bedroom. Yeah, it was incredible. It was so modern. So and modern. a single microphone Dystopian in front of a couch. <laughs> a, a lone microphone in front of a couch as the sole source of entertainment. Yeah, that was the sole source. He'd invite a comedian over to do bits in his living room. I mean, I really thought I was watching like a Saw film. Like I thought I was watching some just complete uh, degradation of the mind. You Look, know what I mean? It's, it was it's, just... it's an artistic decision. I get it. It's an artistic decision. Um, all right, let's get into it. The history of The Sims. It is uh, honestly a pretty fascinating story, and uh, we'll kind of you know as and we'll we'll be covering. We'll try to keep like the the you know the old old history uh, briefer and get more into like what's going on these days. But either way, The Sims, a series of live simulation video games developed by Maxis, published by Electronic Arts, starting back in the year two thousand, uh, and it is a part of the Sim series kicked off back in nineteen eighty nine by Sim City, created by Will Wright. Remember the name. <laughs> He's the most important person when it comes to the history of The Sims. Uh, He was drawn to games early in life, first with the... uh Chinese-Japanese board game Go, as it had a simple rule set, but was incredibly complex strategically. Simple to get in, complex once you're in there. That was his whole, that was what the draw. Then he moved on to strategy board games like Panzer Blitz, and eventually uh, he ends up going to college for a degree in architecture. So now we're seeing the connections. He's really into these like games involving like moving things around, units around squares and things like that, and, and simple gameplay, but leading to complexity. But now he's also learning about architecture and mechanical engineering, and he ends up picking up an Apple II Plus computer uh, on which he taught himself AppleSoft, Basic, Pascal, and Assembly Language for the purpose of working with robotics initially at the age of 20. And his other interests were economics, military history, language arts. And so all this stuff's kind of Hold going on, around in his head. I don't see how any of these interests somehow lead to the Sims. This is... <laughs> I know where I, this is going. In a, lect- in a lecture <laughs> I watched, he talked about how his favorite thing to do as a small child was uh, model building, just like constructing tiny versions of things. And I'm like, get to this video game. I don't. Why are you wasting my time? With he loves speaking in gibberish. He thought it was such a fun way to there talk to go. people. And everybody would be like, why are you talking like that? You're, as you're an eight-year-old, like he an figured out how to pixelate his own genitals. <laughs> All right, please, Jake. Uh, he So he decided he wanted to try his hand at game making, and he sets his sights on the Commodore 64, and the first game he makes is called a, a Raid on Bung- Bungling Bay? Bungling, Bungling. Bungling Bay in 1984. This is a helicopter game in which you bomb various buildings while fighting off em- enemy Warcraft. However, he finds himself having way more fun creating the islands for the game using his level editor, and that is how he ends up deciding, hey, let's do a game more centered around urban planning. He's also doing a lot of research on urban planning, uh, and uh, he also um, just sort of was really drawn by uh, his experience and his belief in the computer's ability to enhance the imagination. Wright said, any human institutional system that draws on the intelligence of all its members is a membrane. Up to now, we have had high friction between the neurons of the metabrain. Technology is lowering that friction tremendously. Computers are allowing us to aggregate our intelligence in ways that were never possible before. The computer is the broker. What they are really exploring is the collective uh, creativity of millions of people. They are aggregating human intelligence into a system that is more powerful than we thought artificial intelligence was going to be. So, you know, all of this leads to the black eyed peas singing, Let's Da Ra Da Da. (laughs) 
1986, he meets an investor named Jeff Braun, and together they form Maxis in Orinda, California. Wait, why did he have to form his own company, Holden? Wouldn't this great idea for a city builder line up publishers around the block? He's, he's the creator of Bungling Bay. That's kind of the interesting thing, Emma, uh, from when you were talking about earlier, how like you just love like life simulators, mm-hmm. like just day-to-day life, like playing with your Barbies, like just living a life in a house, right? Mm-hmm. This concept was just incredibly difficult to sell to, to people. Like it was so hard to explain. Like that's pe- what people want. People want mm-hmm. to, you know, they don't just want to shoot things and see, you know, how, how hard they can kill stuff. They also want to like just kind of like live in a town. <laughs> Which is so funny because then you look at the types of toy sets they were selling, like Barbie sets. It was like Barbie mm-hmm. teachers and Barbie doctors and Barbie takes her dog for a walk. So surely that wasn't such a out there type of idea. Well, also at two, I think we have to apply it to this, like, especially at this time, male dominated industry, right? right? Where we are, it is a lot of uh, boys playing with GI Joes and just being like, I wonder how, like, (laughs) I bet if I microwave this, it'll be pretty gnarly. You know what I mean? As opposed to, you know, yeah, just enjoying a a career as an adult. Just Will Wright at the offices of Activision (laughs) and they're like, so how do you win? And he's like, it's great. You don't. You just tend to, you just tend after something and care for it and try and make it as good as you can. In perpetuity, and they're like, "What the hell? <laughs> Get out! What are you heresy?" <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, three years after they meet and form Maxis, they put out SimCity, and it eventually, over time, not not immediately, but eventually, becomes a gigantic hit. Over the next uh, few years after that, by 1992, it has sold over a million copies. And Wright said, "It's really been about trying to construct games around the user. How can you give players more creative leverage, and then let them show that to other people?" So from there, they put on out more Sims titles: Sim Earth, Sim Ant. Uh, but between that and the pretty successful SimCity t- 2000, Wright began working on a new idea, partly based on a personal experience when he went into a cave. No, behind that's his- not. That's okay, your team. You didn't go so to a cave nice. behind his that's house. That's Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> Uh, that was Shigeru Miyamoto with the creation of Zelda, but uh, it also did- should be noted that uh, the Sim Earth series, the Sim Life series, uh, the Sim Ant series uh, did not do nearly as well as Sim yes. City. It was so kind of a lot of wins. And SimCity 2000 does well, but like they're still trying to find like a new direction. Mm-hmm. So in October of 1991, a gigantic firestorm breaks out in Oakland and Berkeley, just a few blocks from Will Wright's home at the time. And his was one of the first to burn. He actually was like trying to be like, hey, I think this is going to like kill a bunch <laughs> of people. We should get out of here. And they were like, no, don't worry about it. And he was like, I think we should worry about it. And he actually convinced his neighbors to flee with him. And yes, his house ends up uh, catching on fire, set ablaze. And so uh, he uh, and his wife escaped successfully, of course. Um, pause. Remaining meeting time, nine minutes and 50 I'm, seconds. You need I'm, to upgrade I'm to upgrading Zoom. as we talk. Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> Jake. Uh, so he and his wife escaped successfully, of course, and while assessing his losses and rebuilding his life, he became fascinated with the value of possessions and what it's like to rebuild a home from scratch. Wright said, the interesting part was to find out that I wasn't really that attached to much. I started assessing my material needs, a toothbrush, underwear, a car, a house. I was surprised how much I didn't miss stuff. 
The fact we got out and none of our family was hurt seemed so much more important. When something like this happens, you get a big picture. Where do I want to live? What sorts of things do I need to buy? You see your life almost as a project and process. When you're embedded in your day-to-day life, you don't get that perspective. And also around this time, he's reading some really interesting source material. Uh, uh, Time for Life by John Robinson and Jeffrey Godby, which is about how modern Americans use their time. Uh, and under the assumption that we have more time to use now than we ever have before as like a civilization, just with how things are automated. Another important read, A Pattern Language, Towns, Buildings, Construction, by a group of Berkeley authors, which creates a new language of patterns that creates solutions for every layman to improve a town, neighborhood, design a house or office or public buildings. Uh, just this really interesting... I, I like started diving deep into all this stuff. It was really fascinating stuff. And the third thing, which kind of completes like the Sims trifecta, was a book called Understanding Comics by Scott uh, McCloud. Oh, great comic book, man. Or graphic non-fiction uh, grand theory about how... Little drawings and boxes can take you to another universe. Yeah, it is. It was released in 1993. It explores the medium of comics and the unique vocabulary it uses to communicate with the reader, as well as the concept of iconic figures over realistic figures being more captivating to the Western audience. So, like, Emma, I feel like you work in that language a lot, like creating these sort of like, is even maybe it's a character like Jasmine, you know, Mm -hmm. from um, Aladdin. Or a lot, like I saw your kind of dissection of like I wanted to build a chef's house and like mm. created this very specific approach to what and I, like the almost the, the iconic chef would be right. I yeah. mean that's sort of the language you work in. Yeah, I think it helps to funnel that kind of creativity into some kind of character, so you're not just staring at a blank canvas, completely overwhelmed. You know, endless possibilities. I think to get into the mindset of a character, it makes it, you can channel your creativity into something much more specific. And you also, I mean, part of the reason why I enjoyed it is because I get to live out all of these different fantasies and roles and characters that, I mean, I have no, um, experience as a chef or as a Disney princess or, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, um, it's a really enjoyable process to get into that kind of mentality and headspace to just live and live a different experience for a couple of hours. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So like for a chef, let's say, I mean, what, what is the, what is your approach then? You're like, all right, I'm going to build a chef's house. Uh, like I, it was like, a, a, you could tell it's like a well-to-do chef, like probably yeah. works at even maybe a Michelin star rated restaurant. Vegan chef. Vegan chef yeah. for sure. Absolutely. And uh, it really, like I 
completely but like bought it like if you were like I, I you know i have a background in you know or like my you know yeah. uh, uncle is a famous chef and i go to and i built this house around so like how did you create that that um that space or what was the approach there i you know i i i have always played imagination games uh growing up um i just love getting into my own head and was just in my own world for hours and making up these narratives. And, um, I really enjoyed making that process and enjoying that process with my community. So we have brainstorming sessions, um, at the beginning of spilled streams, especially, and you know, like our, uh, create a sim, uh, streams where we, we create entire storylines for characters. So what, I mean, we're, we're, drawing on our own experiences or drawing on experiences from people within the community. And we're just enjoying the process. Maybe we're drawing on things from movies or TV shows that we've seen as well. But um, it's just about getting into the headspace of these characters and making a life for them. Are they, are they neat? Are they messy? Are they, uh, do they, what kind of hobbies do they have? Would they have pets? You know, even, even today we were thinking, is Jasmine the type of per, is she a plant person? Does she take good care of her plants or does she forget to water them? Like the kind of detail that we go in is just so fun. Yeah. That's what's awesome though. Yeah, for sure. I love specificity. I mean, even in like, um, you know, I definitely dealt with that with, I went to acting school and it was really fascinating to try to like take a character and really try to, yeah, realize every little specific detail about like the space around them and, um, every little thing, like even just you know objects in a in a space can really yeah. inform a lot about a character are you guys you know? talking about the distributed intelligence model of how the sims actually created uh, a realistic kind of facsimile of life because will wright uh, was obsessed with mathematical models of all sorts of things uh-huh. the idea of how little points of information can you process to get close enough to the result that you're looking for um and so one of the things that he did is he kind of, did you mention the Simance stuff already? I said Simance. I said the wor- word Simance. <laughs> <But> <laughs> he literally took the AI from Simant as his basis for a lot of what went into the Sims. Like uh, your Sim is pretty stupid. It's, your envi- it's the environment. It's the house. It's the objects that are actually mm-hmm. smart and talking to each other. And your oh, Sim basically... Wow. Uh, screens through the information coming at it from the environment. Mm-hmm. It sees the people. It sees the decorations. It sees the furniture. It sees the toilet. Good Lord, I I know it sees the toilet. It really sees the toilet. <laughs> All right, please. That was actually the first thing he made when he showed off The Sims for the first time was the toilet. Oh, he put no. the toilet in a room, and that was the first thing people saw. Oh, the toilet game prototype. Yeah, everybody knows about that one. Uh, <laughs> No way. Oh, God. There's a whole deal where, like, the working title was called Dollhouse because that's kind of what it was at first. Yeah, Mm. sure. The first Sims were just kind of like little people that would go in and judge your, uh, you know, if you hit all the criteria that the game wanted you to hit for a particular space. And to, like, knowing that he was he had a losing battle in a male dominated market. Uh, he released one version of the game uh, prototype and called it Home Tactics Experimental <laughs> Domestic Simulator. No, oh my God. I can show you the work. Like he even made oh, a little, wow. uh, a little box art come. for it. <laughs> but the initial technology of just this dumb thing that just follows a scent trail in Simant, he just exploded into the Sims AI. 
and it really it's it's kind of amazing how uh people kind of imprinted on that behavior seemingly like ostensibly like very simple math very random and imbued it with all this humanity uh he tells a story about how uh there was a glitch in the first version of the game that caused people to enter the fire state uh, without any fire nearby, like some combination of integers and inputs, like cross-wired caused an overflow. I'm not a programmer, but something clicked the Sims into being on fire when they weren't supposed to. And rather <laughs> than, uh, you know, people go, oh, this game's broken. They were like, oh my God, Will Wright's a genius. He included spontaneous human combustion. And people filled wow. forums on GameFAQs trying to figure out how to initiate the mysterious, spontaneous human combustion state. Like, it really is this beautiful thing where it's basic math and the complexity of the human soul interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's essentially, experience. you know, how they naturally got to the actual Sims themselves. Initially, it was just a home, like, interior design neighborhood planner, um, Uh, city planner in a lot of ways, but just getting more into the meta of like what's in the home. But Wright said, I was always interested in architecture and architectural design. And after SimCity, I started thinking that I wanted to do something that was more around designing structures. So originally, it was more meant to be an architectural version of SimCity. As I went down that path, I started thinking I needed some way to score what it was that you were building. And so I knew I needed little people living in these structures that you were designing. I spent a lot of time thinking about how to make the behavior of these people very robust, interesting, and plausible, no matter what kind of environment you put them in. It turned out that controlling the little people was actually more interesting. It was still fun designing houses for them, but controlling their lives actually turned out to be far more compelling. So the whole project took a turn towards the people. I kept the architecture tools in there, but then I just really started focusing more on the people and objects and their behaviors and relationships, all that sort of stuff. And so still he had to do some convincing over at Maxis. Uh, they felt this was a simulation of the drudgery of real life as opposed to a fantasy fulfillment for the fun of an action-packed game. So Wright said, but I kind of understood that people are fascinated with people. And I knew it was interesting to me, and I kind of had to fight for it internally. At first, nobody was behind the project. We had some programmers who were in a tool group that were we weren't using really, so I turned it into a black box project on my side and said, can I have these four programmers? And nobody really cared, so they said, yeah. Which, uh, by the way, Emma, we've done a million episodes about how somebody in a company had a really cool idea and uh, the powers that be were like not super into it but then they were like went off to the side they were like hey can I just like fuck around with this like kind of off in the corner while uh, you guys do your like big lucrative stuff and then they were like fine whatever we don't care do your dumb stupid project off in the corner and it ends up being a huge hit that was like Mega Man was that Resident Evil was that oh no way it's it's a lesson that happens over and over again which is so funny though that they would be like yeah whatever creator of SimCity I'm sure you have a big dumb idea you want to work on I don't know I don't really get that here's the thing at this point he was not the uh, creator of SimCity anymore he was the creator of Sim Ant and Sim Copter, right? Which right, were right. very expensive, not as uh, popular. Uh, but but yeah, and 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 you know things didn't help. Like he had a test group in 1993 that he tried to uh, get the idea over with, and he said when it came to the Sims, we were describing the idea to them. They were all universally like, "Oh, that's such a stupid idea. We would never play that. We hate that idea. It totally bombed in the what? focus group." I know. It's so crazy in hindsight. Crazy. 
The quote I have for that is, we had a focus group back in 1993, and it tested very badly. No one liked The Sims at all, and it was the worst idea out of the four we presented that night. (laughs) Who is this audience group? I know. This is the thing about test groups. I mean, it's literally like, I mean, where do they even find these people? They're just lost in the mall. People are just lost in the mall. Uh, so they decided to make the Sims be character caricatures of real life people. So they'd be, according to Wright, representatives of what we might look like to an almighty being capable of a higher level of thought. Quaint, simple perhaps, but entertaining all the same. And this was, of course, due also due to the limited capabilities of the hardware. I mean, that's what where Simlish really came from, the Sims language, just because they couldn't do full AI like text to speech and stuff well, like that. Simlish is an interesting thing because uh they technically the first game to have Simlish is Simcopter, but it wasn't quite mm-hmm. as fully developed. Oh, okay. uh, but the main concern is Will Wright was a gamer and he knows one of the most annoying things, especially in these early games, is if you hear the same voice lines over and over and over again, you'll just start to resent them. You'll turn off uh, the sound. You'll just like uh, need more supplies, need more supplies. <laughs> Enemies at the rear. Yes. Enemies at the rear. Like, you know, it just <laughs> medic. Like, it all just blurs together at a certain point. Yeah. And so he tried Esperanto. He tried uh, Tagalog. He tried all these different languages. But like, people still picked up on the repetition. And it wasn't until he had the idea for gibberish that it kind of clicked together as a uh, as something that and the audience could hear over and over again. Mm. And it didn't click. It didn't get transferred to long-term memory. So you could hear someone greet each other uh, and it saved, you know, with the limited capacity of a CD-ROM at the time in the same amount of voice lines that you would have in a game that would get annoying, it was able to stay entertaining and not annoy the user so much, which is a brilliant little twist and uh, so interesting. Right said, by having them speak this kind of gibberish, your human imagination actually fills in the blanks and will imagine the conversation. That's really an example of us offloading a portion of the simulation to the human imagination. The portion that the computer is very bad at. And I mean, that was kind of the name of the game, I think, is offloading a lot of the simulation to the human imagination. I mean, what I love so much about it is like Jake when you played the other day like you created your character really fast all of a sudden we were as a group creating an entire backstory for this I'm going to say psychopath what? Um, that existed in your just game that had an eating Gwanda, disorder Wanda Buff Lady uh, <laughs> chain kept just like eating cake she would try to get her to socialize she just kept going home and eating cake walking at least a half a mile back home to eat cake mid conversation <laughs> Doesn't mean she has emotional issues. But that was what's so fun. And I, I it's like the natural, um, I, it, it, and it was like a directive of theirs. In, in terms of objectives, Wright felt that they occurred naturally in the game. He said, you sit there with no money, and it's pretty obvious that you need a job. So then you think, how do I get a job? Well, you can use the newspaper or computer to get one just like you can in real life. We have all these objects that do the functions they do in real life, even though they're exaggerated in the game. The idea is that the player does not know what to do, but we make the environment very interesting for them. A lot of it is making interesting failure statements, which I think can be much more interesting than success. So the goal was to create an experience that was captivating from the start without needing a manual or having a specific mm. ideas what to do. And Emma, in terms of your, like, I've, I, I see you doing a lot of, like, setting up of all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you do role play with the Sim stuff or are you more on, like, the creator builder side? Uh, and I think in my private time, I do get into some gameplay uh, and we, we do kind of do a little bit on on stream. But there is, you know, what? there's 
people are, are, we do think that the Sims 4 in a way is a little too easy mm. for the gameplay as in it's, it's too easy now to make money. Uh-huh. It's too easy to find romance. It's too easy to get a job. So it's interesting what you're saying then about success rather than failures. Cause when in the Sims, there's, it's leaning more towards, there's almost too many success stories. Too many green lights. Too yeah, many green lights. And you know, and is this part of why I've heard a little bit of hubbub of there are like Sims three diehards? Yes. Haven't moved on. The yeah, rise yeah. of the Sims three. Yeah. They, it's, it, I've actually, uh, just dropped a hundred euros on the Sims Three entire collection last weekend. Wow! <laughs> I, I needed to. I needed to see what all the hype was about because, yeah, the, if you're a game player, you definitely are playing Sims Three. I think, okay. um, or at least you you you're t- more team Sims Three because the gameplay in the Sims Three is is just so much more complex. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit more of a struggle, which hmm. interestingly is what people want. Isn't that just a fascinating, like comment on life? Like in order to, yeah. Isn't it, it? I feel I've never felt more alive in my life than when like things were really going, um, poorly. And yet, you know, when things are going smooth, I don't really remember those moments as well. But yeah, I think like so it, true. even in our simulation, we need struggle and like yeah. hardship. Because we're just damaged, uh, humanity's damaged, uh, is what I'm going to go with. No, I think you're right. There's a, it's, it, there is something to say, the fact that people do think The Sims 4 is too easy. So um, Speak for yourself. I loved it. I played chess <laughs> once and then got a promotion at NASA. That's great. That feels fantastic. <laughs> Living the I, life. I will say, there is at least a little bit of an element of work-life balance, which I think is really fascinating. For instance, you can have an amazing career, but your family life at home might suffer for that. Or you can have a bunch of friends and be super popular, but that might take away again from your home life. Mm-hmm. Regardless, you're not paying enough attention to your children and you really need to get back home. And <laughs> yes. I don't know, ask them about their day. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it, it, that stuff's really fascinating. I a, a little bit more on Simlish. I was just going to say that it's based on a bunch of different languages. They were playing with Ukrainian because they had Ukrainian programmers on staff. They mixed in some Navajo, some Estonian. Uh, and Wright said Estonian was very uh, interesting because Estonian is very hard to locate. It sounds interesting, exotic, and like a real language, but you can't really associate it with any geographical area. But we found one Estonian voice actor, and eventually I found these two improv voice actors. They came in, and we described to them what we wanted that we wanted something that sounded like a real language, but not really. Together, they kind of developed what later was known as Simlish. So um, this was an interesting trivia point uh, uh, in... So the game of the first Sims is shown off at 1999's E3 conference. And uh, a big thing that like caused early Sims hubbub was that they actually had, ju- and I don't think this was planned at all, but two female Sims fell in love with <laughs> each other and shared a kiss during this dinner. Oh, amazing. And this got a ton of people just talking. I mean, especially in 1999, you're not seeing anything right. like that in games. And it's such a, such a cool moment that, you know, uh, I think, and, and like a progressive moment, even accidentally. Mm-hmm. And so the first Sims game is released in February of 2000 and quickly became a bestseller, gaining a wider audience and bringing in a lot of new came- newcomers into gaming as well. 
Uh, and also into the modding scene. I don't know. Did you have you gotten into the mod PC modding scene uh, much, uh, Emma? I have. Yeah. There's. Uh, <laughs> I. Yeah. My. You sound um, embarrassed about it. <laughs> yeah. It's well. I tried to put it off for so long, and then you just get sucked in, and I'm never going back. It is. Uh, there's some really talented people out there. So. What kind of stuff are you are you talking about? Like uh, in terms of like in, in modding, your like Sims experience. Uh, there, well, there's gameplay mods, there's, uh, build mods, um, and then there's things cost like custom content. Um, so I am in all three <laughs> and, um, yeah, it just really elevates the game in so many different ways. And, uh, you know, unfortunately it's for PC players only. So for the console players, unfortunately you can't, don't get to experience it, but yeah, there's some really talented people who just shape the game into, well, just transform it into so many different things. It's a great blank canvas to then be, you know, to go in so many different directions. It was another uh, Will Wright foresight moment, uh, trademark 2022, no, no take backsies, uh, is that he saw that the modding community is around games like Quake and other like uh, first person shooters really gave the uh, community like an extra long tail. So he made sure that that uh, aspect to the fandom was supported in the game and outside. Mm, well, you, actually, the Sims act- are so supportive of the modding community. So for the anniversaries that come up every year with the Sims, they work with creators, content creators and modders to produce items in the game, which I think is super cool of them to not dismiss or ignore that there is a huge underbelly of the Sims and um, they're really getting them involved and um, shining light on these creators who uh, make make the game so much more enjoyable to a lot of people. So they're working with them as opposed to against them, which is really cool. You're talking about there's even like a new there's even like a new announcement coming or something for uh for the Sims, maybe or something. I thought there was some new a content stuff pack, coming down the pipeline. Something about shoes or something. Yes. This is all based on watching. Yeah, so we feed. so we have um, on Twitter. There's the there's the Sim gurus who are the um, the staff working on the Sims, and uh, they are teasing us every couple days with something with redacted tweets and we're they've got the community really buzzing about something that's about to drop and there's you know there's kind of some talk about the sims 5 dropping in the next couple of years so we're unsure whether it's that or something else but they're they have something up their sleeve there they are about to drop something which is kind of amazing considering the sims 4 dropped almost a decade ago and dropped yeah. it did we'll get into it we gotta we gotta <laughs> get through the timeline uh i just want to say about the mods it's all fun in games and great until ea drops an expansion pack that kills your custom unicorn forever <laughs> yes. oh no wait unicorns so were true. in the game your pegasus your custom pegasus yes yeah, so true <laughs> are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet at general motors our vision is a world with zero crashes zero emissions and zero congestion and we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Speaking of expansion packs, that's another huge element. Obviously, you were just talking about you're, you're getting all the expansions for Sims 3. Uh, th- there was a total of seven for the first game. Mm-hmm. The later games got way more. This includes stuff like a vacation expansion that have mm-hmm. the Sims going to a place called Vacation Island and Unleashed, which brought pets into the game, and uh, one that called Superstar that included cameos from famous people. Uh, and this is all like going great, but then they uh, decide they want to, you know, as the technology is expanding, I feel like a few years later uh they want to re-release a new edition the sims 2 2004 it features a full 3d environment uh i guess we didn't really mention that it's a 2d 3d mix mm. in the first sims your character yeah. is three-dimensional but the space the environments and the spaces are all 2d mm-hmm. so it's a little bit more of a cobbling together but whereas the uh the sims 2 officially it was everything was 3d environments and the game had sims aging through seven life stages from infancy to death in the sims 2 they also added the aspiration system, which expands on the wants and the needs of the Sims, and uh, which affects their com- effectiveness in completing tasks, as well as uh, specified days of the week, so mm-hmm. kids can come home from school on the weekends, things mm-hmm. like that. And uh, it should also be noted, the time line shit is so crazy to me the 25 years so sims 2 is set 25 years after the first game many scholars have attempted to figure out the exact date uh, or like year setting of the first game uh it's not exactly clear some say it's like the 70s other people say it's like it has to be more modern because of the tech in it yeah the sims 3 is released in 2009 it is set 25 years before the first game i think a lot of it is more relevance of like i guess they use the goth family Mm -hmm. a lot as an example is the goth family is like in in all of them and so they're much older in the second game they're way younger in the first game or in the third game yeah emma this is actually something uh very apparently core to the sims experience and the fandom that Mm -hmm. i just there's just not enough wikipedia articles in the world to cover this stuff Mm -hmm. The lore of these families, uh, I'm thinking of, obviously the goths are kind of the most uh, famous ones, but like, what are the other families? How do they relate? Like, is there a sim story going on? You know, there definitely is. And you're so right. There is not enough about this online. It would actually, that would be a good idea for a TikTok series. So thank you. Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to say podcast. So I'm in the clear. I'm in the clear. Okay. (laughs) There is a there is a lot of lore that um, that there's a whole community of, of simmers that are trying to piece together the timelines and how all the families fit together. Um, there are there's some powerful families in The Sims. There's one called the Land Grabs, which um, if you break down the name Land Grabs, they own a lot of land in The Sims neighborhoods. Um, and, uh, there's some dark secrets going on there when you first load up the Sims game and you, you know, you play the pre-built houses, you start to see a few different Easter eggs that they've, they've, they've put in these houses. So there's like piles of cash maybe (laughs) hidden behind certain areas of a house. And there's some dark secrets, um, with some of these families, but it's, it's fun that they're dropping these Easter eggs and it's up to the community to put the pieces together. What, uh, is there a particular effed up? 
I, why am I, we've already cursed a million times. What am I saying? <laughs> What's the fucked up shit that you found in the game? Uh, or is there anything that comes to mind? I apologize to my co-host. It is filthy, filthy mouth. Go on. Oh yeah, there is. So there is, um, within the land grabs, we've got someone called Johnny Zest, who <laughs> we know is, we know is related, but is living on his own as a single sim in a trailer. So Ooh. we don't know. We know he's he's related to the land grabs, um, but he's either been kicked out of the house or he's left um, on his own accord. But he now lives alone in a trailer. So there's some in there going on. There's there's different fan fiction stories. So I love that kind of stuff because it just it feeds to the community so well. Yes. You know, and I think that that is what's so special about The Sims is, the, you know, even just watching some of your TikToks, the 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 secret uh, like forest location you can find and things like that, like adding all of that stuff in is so important to the life of a yeah. game and just getting people talking, especially creating stuff like fan fiction. When when imagination meets like mathematical <laughs> structure, it's yeah. like so fascinating to see what people can just do with these like just model sets and things like that. And it even takes, I think it takes you on a journey from the Sims one, two, three, and four, because you see these families pop up in this, in the games. Um, and then you see that they're, you know, they've upgraded their house or suddenly this Sim is now living on his own and maybe a, a couple are now divorced. So you, you get to cr- use your own imagination to kind of fill in the blanks um, and another another one I just thought of, which is super juicy, <laughs> is one of the characters from the goth family goes missing in The Sims 3, but she's returned in The Sims 4. <laughs> huh. So awesome. what's going on there? <laughs> so The Sims 4 was released in 2014. It is the most current version of the game. It is set in a different timeline slash setting than the previous releases. So I don't have to worry about the weird uh, timeline stuff going on. And holy lord, there's a lot of expansions and packs for this game. Yeah. There's 11 expansions, 11 game packs, which are just smaller expansion packs, 18 stuff packs, which I'm going to guess is just like specific assets, yeah. not necessarily like story content, and 10 kits, which have been released. The game. What's the difference between a kit and a stuff pack? Uh, a kit is just a, a less number of items for um, around five dollars, five euros, five pounds. Gotcha. So it actually holds the Guinness World Record for most expansion packs for a video game series, which is kind of fascinating. No, really. But it seems to like. I mean, that seems as opposed to I feel like expand like a lot of DLC content. I think it can be kind of like eye rolly, money grabby in other situations. But mm-hmm. I think it's actually given this game a super long lifespan instead. Like true. I mean, I I hear a lot of people getting really hype about like the supernatural pack dropping mm-hmm. and stuff like that has actually even taken like you said some people are, are are more like wanting to go back to Sims three I think it brought some of those people back over to Sims four just because they kept dropping more mm-hmm. things to like give you reasons to enjoy Sims four mm-hmm. and what it allows you to do is buy add-ons to the game that are maybe more relevant and specific to the way that you play the game. So if you're into right. a cult, you'll get the packs with aliens. And if right. you're into fashion, then you'll get the the more creative sim type packs. So it's they're catering to everyone. Isn't there a species spicy pack? Isn't there like a woohoo pack, essentially, or something <laughs> like that? It's like a- there's, There's some, like a romance pack or something is, like that. There is. <laughs> so if you kind of like, but honestly, like my friend Jackie, who does a lot of live streams, is probably going to start streaming a lot of Sims 4 content. She loves like that kind of TV. So it's going to be a lot of relationshipy mm. kind of 
you know, shipping things and doing that kind of stuff, uh, soap opera style, you know, she's like, um, been like reading a lot of Twilight lately, which is strange because she's my age, but um, that's informing her wish to kind of maybe she, I think she might build like all of those people in, in, um, in the Sims and sort of like play out a bunch of different like fan fiction style romances. So yeah, I mean, it just seems really cool in that sense that you just can make, you know, utilize all those packs. Mm -hmm. It's also, by the way, uh, as of 2017, it has the Guinness record for best selling PC game series uh, for the whole franchise. Yeah. They've uh, sales estimate ranging from 36 to 50 million units. As of October 2019, it has a combined lifetime sales figure of over $5 billion. That's impressive. So we really can't talk about Sims 4 without addressing a little bit of the controversy when it first dropped, because there's uh, a lot of a lot of ink has been spilled about how and why and the dynamics of what happened. It feels like Maxis and EA has kind of smoothed it over at this point after years of expansions and fixes, but... Emma, were you like keyed in when all this dropped? Like, do you know uh, what the big deal was? Is this about the game that was repackaged into something else? I mean, that's part of it, I think. Uh, I mean, okay, okay, let's talk about Project Olympus. Yeah, please, I'm all ears. Yeah. I don't know anything about this. Of course, this has been done by a lot of amateur sleuthing. But when The Sims 4 dropped, a lot of people were uh, relatively uh, disappointed by a lack of functionality that had previously existed in The Sims 3. Ideally, if you're moving from one game to the bigger and better sequel, there should be like more functionality. There should be like, a, you know, a, a some kind of like new and improved aspect. And a lot of people were kind of uh, pointing out that there was, you know, uh, toddlers were missing, I believe yes. was one. Were teenagers yeah. missing too? Was that a thing? Uh, I don't think teenagers were. Pools were missing though. Uh, really basic things that were in all of the other editions. And... Uh, even just the way the game was uh, laid out in Sims 4, you kind of go from location to location with this kind of mini map that pops up, whereas Sims 3 right. kind of had a more open world concept. Uh, and this was hot off of uh, EA's handling of SimCity, which uh, we covered in our Electronic Arts episode, but that was kind of a boondoggle with the always on uh, online requirements that overloaded the servers and resulted in a, almost a total lack of functionality for first day buyers. Uh According to the amateur sleuthing that I've been able to glean, <laughs> Electronic Arts was not happy with the SimCity launch, even though supposedly Maxis did not want a multiplayer focus for the new SimCity and pushed against it. But big, you know, uh, you need that always online uh, functionality to get the big bucks. You want to, you want the Fortnite of city builders, goddammit. And so what they apparently supposedly did was take a uh online game concept called Project Olympus that was going to uh, be some kind of spinoff or extension or even, who knows, maybe not even a Sins game, supposedly, allegedly, and very quickly turned it around into The Sims 4 as it launched. And that is supposedly where a lot of that uh, kind of miscommunication or I guess misvibes with the audience came from. Yeah. But like I said, in the intervening years since, there have been updates and patches and expansion packs. And most people, I mean, the Sims fandom community is thriving. Uh, there's YouTubers, uh, modders, yeah. content creators of all kinds that are spending hours and hours and hours on this game. Uh, absolutely. I. Uh, all right. I think we're about uh, 
close to wrapping things up. I've got some fun facts uh, just to close things out. Jake, did you have any any uh, information bombs to drop uh, about <laughs> any of the releases or anything before we get into that? Well, stuff? Uh, you gleaned, you glossed over a lot of the uh, celebrity crossovers that I think provide the most uh, yeah. hilarity in the greater <laughs> sins yeah. universe. Please, give it to it. Well, uh, the first celebrity appearance within the Sims universe was the uh, house party expansion pack in the Sims one, where if your uh, house party that you threw with a lovely catering table uh, was popular enough, none other than Drew Carey. That's right. (laughs) Price is right. Whose line is it anyways? Drew Carey. No Mimi. You did not get Mimi. I I know you wish you got Mimi. I was about to say, I've been more of a Drew Carey show guy myself, but go on. (laughs) Would show up and be like, hey, this is a real cool party. I'm Drew Carey. That's so good. That's so good. The Sims 2 uh, created this this program where uh, music artists began contributing uh, unique Simlish versions of their uh, hit songs to The Sims. This is a Katy Perry thing. I mean, I'm more of a fan of uh, the Pussycat Dolls Don'tcha Simlish version. Uh, April, no super way. producer April, if you can pipe in a little <laughs> bit of that. I've been the leaper. I've been the leaper. I've been the snoop. I've been the snoop. Dizzy Baba. But uh yes, <laughs> Katy Perry at the height of her hot and cold uh power. Uh, did release several uh, original Simlish songs. Uh, She had her own expansion pack all to her own. Many fans were upset that it cost more, but you're paying for Katy Perry. You gotta make that (laughs) money back somehow. (laughs) There's a video on YouTube of Katy Perry in the studio. Uh, I'm gonna say making the best of her situation, singing uh, (laughs) Simlish lyrics to Last Friday Night. The, The terror in her eyes are palpable. You won't be able to get that in the audio of this podcast, but April also, if you can play... Uh, just a couple of flooby news or whatever she's singing in that song. <laughs> yes, I love it. I think that is very, very essential to uh, any talk about The Sims. So I just have some fun stuff here to close it out. In the first Sims game, one could choose a life of uh, crime as their career, except for in China, where it was changed to a life of mime. Literally, they changed it just from no. crime to being a mime. You would just be a mime instead, which I think is way more horrifying and violent to the psyche yes. than a... Uh, 
uh, life of crime. In The Sims 4, a sim can play games on their computer. Most notably, a sim can play The Sims forever, Mm -hmm. which is uh, gameplay footage from the first Sims game. Uh, There was a Sims movie in development starting back in 2007 because, of course, but the Disney acquisition of Fox led to the cancellation of over 300 movies, which I did not know that that number was that high. And uh, one of them was that Sims project. But I feel like, Emma, have you uh, heard of um, uh, what is it called? Oh, God, The Sims Sparked, I believe. Uh, the reality competition show. Yeah, I I am familiar with a few of the sparked creators that came off okay. of the show um, and um, love their content. I, I follow their stuff closely, but not familiar you gotta with apply. the show if itself. They do, if they do a second season, like you have to apply. It's kind of oh. like uh, like Lego Masters is what it reminded me of the like mm-hmm. Lego Builder show. But yeah, it's like a bunch of creators compete, pro simmers competing for a hundred thousand dollar prize. Cool, and just do it's doing what you do for, mm-hmm. for a living. So you should definitely, if they pick it up for a season oh. two, it debuted in twenty twenty on TBS. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, uh, that that's I uh, that I hadn't heard of it at all, but I love those kinds of shows. So mm. the music is mostly all done by Jerry Martin, known for his up beat jazzy style he had scored 23 games throughout the franchise and also did a bunch of advertising stuff uh when you die in the sims 4 the grim reaper shows up i think we already mentioned that you can also marry the grim reaper <laughs> mm-hmm. and you can even get you some re- reaper woohoo which is really uh by the way do we mention that woohoo is what they use no the we didn't mention i mean we used the word enough <laughs> but we didn't yeah, actually yeah. lay it out yeah it's the nookie of uh, yeah. uh the sims yeah uh, there are lots of deaths in the newest version, including uh, dying from embarrassment, from laughter, or laughing yourself to death. And uh, also, speaking of which, too much woo <laughs> yeah. can kill you in uh, The Sims, apparently, uh, which is funny. So uh, uh, maybe a lot, probably a lot of middle school kids uh, yeah. enjoyed that death <laughs> on their personal computer. There are 22 ways to die in The Sims 4. And... Uh, also, uh, just one more thing. If you reach level 10 in the writing and best-selling author career path, you can write an epic saga biography about another sim, which you can then use to resurrect them, which is terrifying. Uh, Emma, any other uh, uh, facts you can think of at the top of your head? <gasps> weird stuff about the sims before we close out? I don't mean to put you on the spot. You literally don't have to come up with anything. Or, or maybe a fond memory of... Uh, you know, one of your Ooh. favorite creations or anything like that that you've well, done. Well, I'll, I'll add to your Grim Reaper one that if you have a sim that dies in the water, Grim Reaper will show up wearing full on scuba gear, which <laughs> is, is, is a sight. <laughs> I love it. Um, and yeah, uh, maybe something um, you're particularly proud of that you created or uh, a set of characters or homes. Uh, well, over on YouTube, we're working on a series called Palm Sims, which which is basically our version of Hollywood. We are making we're making storylines from actors to stunt stunt people to behind the scenes camera crew um, fans, and we're recreating an entire Hollywood storyline um, called Palm Sims over on YouTube, and we're having a lot of That's fun with awesome. that. That's awesome. Yeah, That's super cool. Uh, speaking of which, um, yeah, I think I think that covers it. I think it's it's time to get into the promos, right, Jake? Do you have anything else? Before her Zoom call gets into I swear to God, I swear to God, I entered my PayPal information. I don't know why it's still doing this. Use this to pay for the I literally did it. I'm upset. I'm upset. I was not going to mention that. (laughs) Blowing up my goddamn spot. I blame Zoom. I blame Zoom. 
Uh, we're professional over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, let's start with Emma, but we'll do our promos after. Emma, uh, hi, Emma Nicole yeah. on uh, everything. You take it away. I don't want to speak for you. Yeah, it's hi, Emma Nicole on Twitch, uh, streaming three times a week over there on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. And then hi, Emma Nicole on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Hell yeah. And YouTube. All right. Um, yeah, check that out. Awesome stream. Really good. Like, Thank again, you. I really chill, appreciate it. Nice vibes. hanging out with you. Yeah, for sure. Very good time. Very nice. Uh, friendly as hell community, too. Like, oh, they're the best. See, like, super chill. The best. Uh, so, yeah, check me out. Twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho. I stream Monday, Tuesday, Friday. Uh, and also, what else? Um Patreon.com forward slash Whizbrew. Hey. Check us out. $5 a month. You get weekly bonus content for $15 a month. You can join us for our Sunday study sessions on Discord where we cover whatever we're covering that week. Last week, Jake disturbed us all with his weird Sims gameplay. Which was, <laughs> Listen, uh, just because that. the Sim herself <laughs> and the house I made for her and her behavior was upsetting <laughs> doesn't mean it was a, a serial killer <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely horrifying. I Jake, just honestly got? answered the personality questions that they prompted yeah. me to answer, and I answered them as honestly as possible. And they decided, <laughs> for some reason I will never understand, probably a glitch, that a monster would appear. <laughs> um, uh, what, what do you got for us, Puppet Jerry? Oh, that's right. I do a VTuber thing. It's like streaming, but I'm a cartoon guy because I'm shy. Uh, YouTube.com slash Puppet Jared. Uh, Thursday nights, the Cartoon Dumpster, a uh, celebration of the weirdest, wackiest, and arguably worst cartoons of the 90s and 2000s. Uh, we watch it together. It's a good hang. It's like Mystery Science Theater meets Saturday morning. If you like this show, you'll like it. Cartoon Dumpster, Thursdays, YouTube.com slash Puppet Jared. And also, definitely go to that Patreon page. You should. You really, I just, I think it's neat. Uh, thank you so much, Emma, for joining us. This was so awesome. I don't think we could have done it without uh, someone of your ilk. Oh, you're so us, welcome. Uh, thank you for having it. me. Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, always remember, never stop bruising. And keep on whizzing. Maybe okay. at the toilet because your bladder meter's low. All right. I don't want to hear any more about your bizarre <laughs> twist. That's every, every sim pees, Holden. <laughs> they pee so much. <laughs> they do. <laughs> This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer... Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. 
See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com.